You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, it sure hasn't taken long for Herm Edwards' Arizona State Sun Devils to create a buzz in the world of college football. Just two games into the 2018 season, the Sun Devils are back in the national rankings for the first time in three years, thanks to a thrilling last-second win over number 12 Michigan State last Saturday night. Now 2-0 on the season and ranked 23rd in this week's Associated Press Poll, the Sun Devils hit the road for the first time this year as they head to San Diego, California for a Saturday night showdown with the San Diego State Aztecs. San Diego State, one of only seven teams in the nation that has won 10 or more games each of the last three years, and San Diego State also happens to be the alma mater of one Herm Edwards. Join us over the next hour as we recap the Sun Devils' heart-stopping come-from-behind win over Michigan State and preview the Devils' upcoming visit to San Diego State as we welcome you all aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 Means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football, and with me, first-year Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards. And Herm and I join you every Thursday night during the 2018 college football season to take you inside the realm of Sun Devil Football, our new home for the coaches show this year, the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, located on First and Farmer near downtown Tempe. Come on in and join us. Great food, great drinks. Great conversation, talking Sun Devil football, lots of TVs fired up, all that going for you here at the Lodge. So without any further ado, it is time now for the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, first quarter. And we are all aboard with the head coach of the Sun Devils, Coach Herm Edwards. Herm, good to see you as always, and I know it has to be gratifying for you to see Sun Devil Nation so excited about your football team after these first two games. Well, as we talked about earlier, uh, before the season started, they have a tremendous fan base. Uh, They're excited about watching this football team play, and uh, the credit goes to the coaching staff and to the players. Um, They're the ones that have to execute the game plan, and the players have to actually participate in it on the football field in the last two weeks. Uh, They've they've done a nice job in, in, in winning two home games. And now the mantra, you've said it all week, and I think it's a great slogan to live by, really for all of us in our everyday lives. Hungry and humble. That's the way you want your team to approach things now, Well, right? I think that's very important because you can't get caught up in everything else. you got to get caught up in the process of, of what it takes to win a football game, and I think our team has, has done that the last two weeks. Uh, now we got to go travel on the road. Um, we know we will have some, some fans traveling to San Diego, which will be nice, but... Um, it's a stadium that uh, we're not familiar with. It's not our home territory. And, and this football team, you mentioned it early, similar to Michigan State. And in fact, they have a DNA. And they've done a nice job, and Coach uh, Rocky Long, of, of uh, building up a program 32-9 and nine mm-hmm. in three years. So they're a 10-win team uh, every year and uh, came in here last year, actually, and, and, and beat us. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. You know, I was thinking of that as I was doing my preparation today. I almost felt like I was preparing for last week's game because so many of the things you said about Michigan State, they apply to San Diego State, don't they, Coach? They they do. uh, Coach Long wants to control the clock. He wants to take time off the clock. Um, They prefer to get an early lead and and really just take the clock down as much as they can every time they possess the ball. 
not allowing you a lot of possessions. Their defense is similar to ours. Uh, they take the ball away a bunch. Um, they don't allow you to run. Very hard to run on them. So um, it's, a, it's a big test for us. Yeah. We're going to preview the San Diego State game further a little bit later on in the show. But uh, for now, let's look back at last week's scintillating win over Michigan State, 16-13. The Sun Devils rallying for 13 fourth-quarter points, winning it on Brandon Reese, 28-yard field goal as time expired. And, Herm, what did you learn about your team in that ball game? You called it a big boys game going in. And, boy, it looked like the guys wearing black brought their big boy uniforms with them last week. Well, um, obviously a couple things helped us. Our home field advantage with, with a great atmosphere in our crowd. Um, in the fourth quarter, um, when you think about Michigan State, the time zone alone, you know, those guys were playing at, what, 12 o'clock at night in the right. fourth quarter? Right. Our guys seemed to hit their stride in the fourth quarter. And, and we felt that game would go into the fourth quarter. And lo and behold, it did. Uh, with that being said, scoring 13 points basically uh, was the key for us in, in, you know, in, in that fourth quarter and, and not allowing them to score. Uh, from there, it, it really became a game of who was going to possess the ball at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, we possessed the ball at the end. Uh, our kickers have been magnificent the first two games, especially last game. It really showed up. It was a field position game. Uh, Sleep has done a fabulous job of making them play on long fields. Uh, the field goals in, in, in that game, when you start out with a 49-yarder, mm-hmm. that's a tough kick. And with that being said, you kick three of them, basically, and, uh, you know, that's the ball game. So the last one was the one that sealed the deal for us. And don't forget, Brandon uh, has become a touchback machine on kickoffs when your opponents are having to start at their 25-yard line every change of possession. That is huge, too. Yeah, field position, especially when you play a game like we did against Michigan State. And I think the same thing will happen with San Diego State. They have two excellent kickers as, as well. They play field position, want you to march a long way to put points on the board. So the kicking game will be very important this week as well. And spoiler alert, we're going to meet the kickers a little bit later on. In fact, in the next segment, both uh, Brandon Reese and Michael Sleep Dalton are with us, and they'll be on the show in just a little bit. Herm, to me, one of the most compelling aspects of your team in the first two games, the defense, and in particular your ability to defend the run. Last week, Michigan State only gained 63 rush yards and Arizona State this week, the number one rush defense in the nation, allowing less than 33 rushing yards per ball game. Well, that, that's a credit to Danny Gonzalez and his staff and obviously the players. Um, they've done a nice job of really not in letting anything run in between the tackles. Uh, and we have enough speed to chase things down on the perimeter. Um, San Diego State is a power running team. They want to run the power. Uh, they're going to run a little bit of a zone, but, but they're a power football team. They believe in blocking down and bringing someone around, whether it's a, a tight end or, or a pulling guard, and, and we have to be ready for that. And they're not going to give up on it. They're going to continue to hammer the football on us, but stopping the run is, is very important in football. You have to make an offense one-handed. Mm-hmm. We've been able to do that for the last two weeks. Uh, we've got a good front. Uh, Wren is playing ex- excellent. He is a Isn't wrecker he? of the offenses right now. He is getting penetration in the backfield, and when you do that, it's very difficult to run inside. You have to run outside. So uh, we countered that, and, and our speed helped us to tackle on the perimeter. And, boy, I, I think I remember seeing one picture or one uh, shot on Twitter of Ren, of Ren absolutely blowing up their center. And when you have a guy in the middle that can do that, what, what is, man, that is so huge for your defense. Well, it is when you can when really can set this line of scrimmage the other way. And, you know, and, and football is about that. It really is. It's, it's, it's about the line of scrimmage, who controls it. We've been very fortunate uh, the first two weeks where we have penetrated and, and gotten in the backfield to really force offenses to get away from their game plan inside uh, inside the running game. 
Fans hear the coaches say all the time, finding ways to win. And you talk about the running game. Michigan State did a good job defending the run as well. We knew they would be stout coming in, and they were. But your team found a way, and that way was through the Manny Wilkins career-best 380 passing yards. Even though he missed a few deep balls early, he just stuck with the plan. And, boy, he came up huge in the fourth quarter. He did, and, and, big, and big players play in big moments uh, at any level. Uh, it starts in high school, college, and professional football. I mean, Big moments, the big players have to play well. And we have some big-time players on, on offense. Manny happens to be one of them, the quarterback. You know, Benjamin, uh, two big first downs on that last drive. And then, obviously, number one, um, he's a big-time wide receiver. He's fairly good. Uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, you expect those guys to make some plays for you, and we're fortunate to have them on our team. No question about it. Let's talk about that final possession of the game, Herm. I thought it was an absolute uh, thing of beauty. You get the ball at your own 21-yard line, 4.55 left, uh, what's the thought process at that point on the sideline? Well, we, we, we're well-rehearsed uh, situations. We do that a lot um, every every practice we have, and we go through situations, and that was one of those situations when the five-minute mark, 4.55, when we were going to ready to possess the ball, and I went down to the offensive side of it before they came on the field and, and told them, look, they shouldn't get the ball back. We're going to score and win this game, and we're going to take it right down the field, and we're going to play the clock now. We're not going to play the opponent because we knew what the score was. It was tied. Mm-hmm. If we possess the ball at the end, the worst-case scenario, it's either going to be tied or we're going to win it. And so they understood that, and, and they needed to make some first downs. They were able to do that. Once it got to 209, you realize that they're going to have to call a timeout in the last one. They did. And with that being said, the next conversation was don't score. Yeah, because they're going to allow you to score. Mm-hmm. Because that's got to be the mindset of defense now. Allow them to score so they can get the ball back and mm-hmm. hopefully go down and maybe try to to score on us and then go for two points and win. And so the mindset at that point was, let's just get it in position for the kicker to kick the winning field goal and, and win the game. And it was orchestrated by our team very well. I I think back as a longtime NFL fan, if I'm not mistaken, in one of in the Green Bay Denver Super Bowl in San Diego late in that ball game, I think didn't the Packers allow the Broncos to score yeah. so they could get the ball back? A similar situation. And, and you know, and it, and it sounds like in football, you go, why would you do that? Yeah. But sometimes you have to do that because you can't stop the clock. And when you want to try to win a game and you can't stop the clock, it, it, it's not natural for a defensive coach to say, let them score, not even for the players. you know. And it's hard for a player to feel like I'm getting ready to score a touchdown, don't score. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and so now I think they understand that, but, but it takes some, some practice to do that because that's not your natural instinct to not score a touchdown. Indeed, when you have the ball, like you said, just about two minutes to go first and goal, and you're thinking a touchdown wraps this up, but – the way you played it was terrific. And the other side effect is you showed a tremendous amount of confidence in the young man we're going to hear from in a moment, Brandon Reese. Well, we have two of the better kickers in the Pac-12, and we're fortunate enough to have that. And, and they've, they've been big. I mean, when you can kick the ball in the end zone uh, covering kicks, that makes it easy. They start at the 25, and, and that's a long field. Mm-hmm. And when we're stuck and, and we're in a, in a place where we have to punt, whether we're backed up or at the 50, you create field position when you can punt it down there, and Sleep has done a marvelous job of keeping the ball inside the 10-yard line and so that uh, we, we can uh, you know, make that offense play on a long field. Absolutely. Let's not shortchange some of the individuals on your defense, which played so well, has played well in the first two games. And uh, the first guy I wanted to get your thoughts on, how about uh, your freshman who grew up big time on uh, Saturday night, Merlin Robertson, 
the Walter Camp Foundation National Defensive Player of the Week. After his nine tackles, he was in on two quarterback sacks, a forced fumble, a pass broken up, and he went out and got me some popcorn at halftime, too. So he kind of did it all that night. Yeah, he's a marvelous player, and, and we were very fortunate to get him. And that's all Antonio Pierce, you know, his connections down in Los Angeles. And we've gotten some pretty good players out of there, uh, this first class of, of, of what I call selected players that we were actually selecting to, to come to Arizona State. And we want to continue to get players from California as well as from here. we gotta, we got to get our good players from Arizona to stay in Arizona and, and help us win. But um, he was fantastic in, in the fourth quarter. He was he was big-time player now. He sure was. You know, another guy that I, I don't know that his uh, contributions got enough recognition during the week, but I want to talk for a minute about uh, a guy that I think is a great story. Jalen Harvey was a terrific receiver here for three years. Last year he was like Mr. First Down. Just about every time he caught a pass, it, turned to, it converted a first down. He goes to defense in his final year gets a targeting foul in the first game and has to sit out the second half. But he came back last week at the Tillman position and led your team with ten tackles, and they were all solo tackles. It just played terrific. He did, and he needs he needs, <laughs> he needs some applause. And he made a play there in the second quarter, I believe it was, where we ended up getting the interception. Right. Well, he basically is, is, is coming on a blitz in the A-gap, and the ball bounces outside. So you can imagine he runs through the A-gap, the runner gets outside and is running to score. He turns around and chases him. We get the runner turned in, and he actually knocks him out of bounds on the two. Well, if that runner scores or if we don't get the interception, what, 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 what transpires after that, we hold him, we get the big pick. Now, we shouldn't have came out of the end zone. We should have stayed in the end zone. <laughs> That's right. That's been discussed. <laughs> but we, with him saving that to let us play defense, if they score there, it's not a three-score lead anymore. It's a ten-score lead. It's a two-score game. Right, right. And so that was a big play. It's kind of unannounced, but his effort to go back and run the guy down and get him out of bounds was big. And how ironic. Daz gets hurt on the interception return. Probably won't play this week, so Jalen and Evan Fields are your uh, Tillman guys. Yeah, week, right? and I showed it to the team. You know, when we showed the big play, we, we showed Jalen making the play and Daz intercepting the ball. And, and around him, there was five of our guys, you know, five defenders. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him, I said, tackle him. Tackle him in the end zone. Don't let him come out <laughs> next time, right? <laughs> next time they will. Great stuff from Coach Herm Edwards. Plenty more headed your way tonight on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. ASU Special Teams Coordinator Sean Slocum will drop by for a visit a bit later on. And up next, you'll meet the two young men that uh, uh, Coach Edwards just talked about. They are two of Coach Slocum's protégés, Sun Devil punter Michael Sleep Dalton and reigning Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week, Brandon Reese, will join us. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Fan game day, leave the driving to the lift. Proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. Not a bad deal. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show. Time now to welcome in our two player guests this evening. These are the two dudes that put the foot in football at Arizona State University. 
One is the 11th-ranked punter in the nation through two weeks of play. He's averaging over 45 yards per punt so far. And get this, he has dropped eight of his ten punts this season inside the opponent's 20-yard line, and that is the most of any punter in the United States of America. He comes from the land down under from Geelong, Australia. Please welcome Michael Sleep Dalton. Thanks for having me. Michael, I nailed the name, right, Geelong? You did. Spot on. Thank you. I like that. Spot on. I may, I may use that, Sean Crespin. Write that down. Uh, our other guest was named the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week this past week, the third time in his career, and he's been here, what, a year and a half, that he has been so honored. And that's what happens when you kick three field goals, including a game-winning 28-yarder with no time left on the clock to beat the 12th-ranked team in the country. From Gilbert, Arizona, and Williamsfield High School, say hi to Brandon Reese. Brandon, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Brandon, start with you, all right? Take us through that thought process. You get the ball, you're at the 21-yard line, 4.55 left. It's a tie game. You're playing one of the best teams in the country, and that drive is beginning. It's heading downfield, and and everybody in the stadium knows they're going down there so you can kick a field goal. What's going through your mind at that point in time? Uh, Not too much, really. Uh, Me and Josh, my holder, we've talked all week saying uh, this game's going to come down to us. We're going to have a game winner. And it turned out to be true. So I was prepared all week for it. You know, the kick felt just like a normal practice kick to me. And you said, and, and this is true, you guys replicate a lot of different situations in practice. Talk about what you do in terms of a lot of practices. You finish practice on a field goal. Yeah, we down. usually have a call a game winner situation. So it's the same thing as that. We go down, we'll spike the ball or something, and then I'll just kick a field goal. Yeah. felt the same. Now, when you're on the sideline that, that like that and this drive is unfolding, what are you doing physically, what are you doing mentally to get yourself ready for that moment? moment i started warming up probably three minutes left and then after that i just started to watch the play so i didn't have to like keep thinking and overthink my kick uh i had coach gonzalez come up to me and ask what i had for breakfast just calming down but i told him like coach i got this and uh, some players came up to me like i got you guys yeah michael do you go up and say anything weird to him just to get him relaxed or just leave him alone i just leave him i'm I'm confident he's gonna make a field goal you know 10 out of 10 absolutely now, Brandon kicked a game winner last year in the Sun Devils Pac-12 opener when they beat Oregon, but that came with, as I recall, like about two and a half minutes left to go in the game. How meaningful was it for you personally to get that chance to do, was, as they say in baseball, a walk-off? It was really cool. I always wanted to have a walk-off one, and it's really big to me because it's been such a big team against Michigan State. You know, that's something I'll have for the rest of my life. On ESPN, national television, and in front of that great blackout. What was that atmosphere like to play in? Oh, that was amazing. The season section was awesome. I've never seen anything like it before. How about you, Michael? What was that like, uh, that that blackout? It was pretty crazy. Went out in pregame and walked up to the uh, student section, and they got up and about, and it was was pretty awesome. It really was. Now, it's gotten out this week, Brandon, that uh, your buddy and the Sun Devils' excellent sophomore running back, Eno Benjamin, had, what do you have, some words of wisdom for you? He, told, he said something to you, what was it, before you went up to make the kick? Yeah, what it was did, right, right. What did you say to you and, and uh, talk about the background on it? It was uh, right during the timeout. Uh, I was going on to the field. He was coming off. Uh, I gave a high five to Kyle Williams. I said, you know, I got you. And then Eno came and was like, yeah, I love you no matter what, bro. And I just... This made me feel good about it, and I went up there and made it. So it made him proud, made the whole team proud. You made a lot of folks proud. That was one exciting moment last Saturday night for all these folks here in this uh, building right now. And Michael, your sa- your Saturday work didn't get as much notoriety, but doggone it, as Coach Edwards said, it was every bit as important. Talk about the way you've kicked so far this year and really impacted field position in these first two games. It's been healthy, um, healthy, confident, and um, you know, putting all my practice into into play yeah 
it's, it's amazing what a guy can do when he's healthy. Talk about the struggles you faced last year health-wise and how it's gone this year for you. Yeah, I mean, the Sunday before our first game, I, you know, tore my quad and um, wasn't wasn't something that I prepared for. And, you know, Slocum and I, before our first game, were like, all right, we have to kick left foot. So we did that. And throughout the whole season, you know, never really got the confidence back and, and the rhythm back. And, you know, now I have a you know, spring ball and fall camp this year. It's just, you know, it's just been perfecting my craft and just feel comfortable out there now. It's good. You say it matter-of-factly, but that's an amazing skill to be able to kick with both feet, but a lot of uh, punters from Australia can do that. Is that your rugby or yeah, Australian Auss- rules football? Auss- Aussie football rules, you know, be able to kick on both sides of your body, and, you know, you're not trying to kick it as far as you can every time. But it's more precision, but, um, you know, you adapt to what you, you know, the situations that you get put at. Now, you've had kicks of all kinds. In the, in the opener against UTSA, you had two in excess of 60 yards, your two longest career. But last week, four out of five punts against uh, Michigan State inside the 20. And talk about the technique you use when you're trying to pin an opponent deep. Yeah, to sort of try and, honestly, you know, Paul is, is amazing at, at, at downing my punts. And, you know, we work it at a practice and I just I kick him the ball and i got the most confidence that he's going to be down to, to, you know, put the ball down. Yeah, Paul Lucas is a reserve running back on this Sun Devil team, a transfer from Oregon State and a big-time track star mm. as well. But uh, you, you hold the ball down in a, in yeah, an kick angle. A, in kick an, pre- as the Americans say, kick an Aussie punt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just a lot more a lot more ability to be able to, you know, uh, pin the ball where I want and accuracy and, yeah, can control the ball, can hold on to a bit longer if I need to and put the ball where I want it. Uh, I want to get thoughts from each of you because you're working with a new long snapper. You had a luxury the last four years. ASU had one of the best long snappers I've ever seen in Mitchell for Boney. Uh, he played here four years, and I don't ever remember an Aaron snap. And now you have Riley John as the new snapper this year. And, Brandon, you uh, with uh, Josh Pakraka, he has become your holder now. Talk about what you have going with those two fellows. Uh, Riley's been doing a really good job. And uh, so far what I've seen is improving every single snap each game to me. Uh, me, we all work really good together. We get a lot of reps and practice together. Uh, it's just going really good. How about you, Mike? Yeah, Riley's done a really good job. You know, obviously big, big boots to fill with Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, you know, he played as a true freshman when he when he came in and needed to do it, and he did did a good job then. And he's just just continued. He's a really really hard working kid. He's done a great job. Now, both of you have the benefit of working with a terrific uh, special teams coordinator, Sean Slocum, who will be our guest in the next segment. Brandon, what have some of the things Coach Slocum has stressed with you through the years? Uh, throughout, I've only been here for a short time, like a year, but he's, yeah, that's talked, right. he's talked to me a lot about uh, all kind of stuff on my field goals and kickoffs, just make sure everything's about the process, and especially the especially the big factor this week was just trust the training, especially in the game situations. Like, win the game, you got to just trust your training, and it'll all work out. Is it? I, I don't know if you play golf, but I'm wondering if, if the kicking is a lot like golf and all the mechanics of a swing and all the mechanics that you have to go through. I've never, I'm terrible at golf, but I'm good at kicking. But, uh, me too. Me too. But, uh, I've got to ask that a lot, but no. But yeah. it's the same motion. Coach Slocum told me that every single time. How about you, Michael? Very similar. You keep your, ball, keep your eyes over the ball and swing, and, and generally the ball will go where you want it nine times out of ten. Same with punting. Keep your eyes down, you know, follow through. Nine times out of ten, the ball is going to go where you want it. Technique, so Technique. important, isn't it? That's Absol- what we've worked on a lot. Absolutely. Now, as most college football observers know, so many terrific college punters have come from Michael's homeland of Australia, including yourself. Yep. Uh, the influence of, uh, as we said, rugby, Australian rules, football likely a factor. Talk about that, the path that led you to the States. Yeah, so I um, started working with Pro Kick Australia back home, Nathan Chapman, um, 
And my cousin at the time was actually committed to Ohio State, and he got me down there in training. And he, you know, he played four years at Ohio State. He's now at Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and you know, I had to go to junior college through, through that route. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad for everything that happened. And you know, I'm, I'm you know, in a good place. Junior college route being the City College of San Francisco, which is one of the top uh, junior college football programs on the west coast if i'm not mistaken isn't that where isaiah floyd went mm-hmm. uh, isaiah floyd taron adams yeah aj mccollum that's been quite a pipeline yep. uh, of sun devil players coming out of ccsf and uh, as you said you are right footed but uh, you can use the left foot in a pinch right yeah yeah if needed if needed to yeah yep now uh, brandon reese uh came here and as you all know he succeeded the all-time leading field goal kicker in the history of college football zane gonzalez now with the Cleveland Browns. And, boy, stepping into those shoes, uh, some might view that as pressure. But I remember talking to you at Camp Tonazona last year, in your first year, and you said not really. You were kind of welcoming that. What was what was your mindset coming in and taking the place of such a heralded kicker? Uh, Zane did a great job his senior year. I remember watching uh, him when I was getting recruited, and Donnie would always write me what he was doing, and Coach Graham would write me what, I was, what he was doing. And they, they tried to get that as inspiration for me to come here and to say, you know, this is a great place to kick. Uh, but I try not to put too much pressure on myself. I'm just following those. Uh, I, no matter what, i got to go out there and make my kicks. I'm not trying to compete with him. I'm just trying to help the team win. And you, you got into it right away and just did a great job as a freshman. As we said twice last year, he won the Pac-12 Player of the Week award. And uh, he's a local kid, too, as we mentioned. He played uh, at Williams Field High School where your coach is a former Sun Devil quarterback, Steve yes, Campbell. Uh, talk about what uh, attracted you, what factors uh, led you to – decommit from Alabama and uh, come to Arizona State. We had a lot of talks with my family and my head coach. You know, he's very uh, close to us, and we talked a lot about it. Uh, but, you know, he's always been a big supporter of me no matter what happened. You know, he texts me before games and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a more intimidating thought than having to tell Nick Saban, thanks but no thanks. How, how did that go? How did that come about, or how did you uh, go about doing that and, uh, and and breaking the news to the Alabama people. I didn't talk to Coach Saban when I did commit. I talked to my uh, position coach in the oh, parking lot of a Walmart. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. And thus, we know the rest of the story. And I, it, it's that that is just amazing. Michael, tell me a little about your hometown of Geelong uh, yeah, in it's Australia. A, it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's right near the beach. It's on the beach in this small little bay area in um yeah, it's a nice small, small knit community, and you know a lot of people know a lot of people. And you know when you're doing something, a lot of people know what's going on. It's and, a great place and the seasons are reversed. Was that tough to get used to when you moved to the states? Yeah, initially it was. You know, you go from winter to summer, and then when I'm coming home and it's summer here, I'm going to cold, and it's yeah. it gets a little frustrating. But coming to AZ, it's it's hot all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it is. And. Mike, uh, Brandon, I want to get your take. Uh, what, what's, what's the team's mindset, the team's mentality now as you get ready to go on the road with this 2-0 record and all the buzz about this team and take on San Diego State Saturday? Oh, there's a lot of confidence. We're still humble and hungry, but there's a, definitely a lot of confidence in this locker room. Uh, we're playing as a unit, and everybody's having a lot of fun doing it. Coach, he said that, humble and hungry, another uh, humble and hungry on the uh, on the on the logs michael your thoughts on this uh, ball game coming yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, obviously we need to be humble. You know, you can't, can't be too confident about um, going into a ball game, you know, we don't know what they're going to throw at us. Um, we just need to play exactly how we've been playing, and mm-hmm. the season's going to take care of itself, and we're going to surprise a lot of people. 
Two terrific young men, two really doggone good kickers as well. So we thank them for joining us on the show tonight. Punter Michael Sleep Dalton and place kicker Brandon Reese, our guest tonight, on All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards. Say, fans, for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Up next, we'll visit with Sun Devil special teams guru Sean Slocum. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. As you can imagine, a college football team needs a quality night's rest the evening before the big game, and that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale, where the team stays before all home games once again in 2018. We welcome you back to the show coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, your host. Pleased to be joined in this segment by a gentleman who's in his fourth season as the Sun Devil Special Teams Coordinator. In 2016, his Arizona State Special Teams were the highest-graded unit in the nation. And then last year, despite losing record-breaking kicker Zane Gonzalez, NFL punter Matt Hawk, and ace return specialist Tim White, Arizona State Special Teams were still graded 29th nationally in 2017. The one-time Special Teams Coordinator of the Super Bowl 45 champion Green Bay Packers, please welcome to the show Coach Sean Slocum. Sean, always good to visit with you. Thank you, Tim. It's great to be here. Now, you're one of five holdovers on Coach uh, Edwards' first ASU staff. How has it been for you transitioning to work with Coach and the newcomers to the staff and Talk about, I think, the importance of maintaining some semblance of continuity in this transition period. Well, first of all, to have the opportunity to work with a with a man like Herman Edwards is is an awesome opportunity. Um, the environment that he created from day one has been perfect for us, and I think you're starting to see our team thrive as a result of that. Um, the continuity that, that, that I happen to bring to the special teams part of it, I think, made the transition in that area go quicker. And so we're looking forward to continuing to keep this thing moving. Boy, indeed. And like Coach Edwards, you have a strong NFL background from the near decade you spent with the Packers. In what areas do you see the NFL influence on what Coach Edwards brings to the program? Oh, a lot. I think um, the era of accountability is something we talk about often, and he does it in many ways. But, you know, players have to, they have to take care of their, their own selves at some point. At the end of the day, they can't just – be forced to do things that the coach tells them to do. And when they take ownership of it, um, I think you, you, you see a much more productive player and team. No question. Now, your special teams have excelled for the most uh, part of your time here. What's your early assessment of your kicking team so far this year? I think our, our kickoff and punt and field goal, the kicking part of it, has been outstanding. Brandon and, and Sleep have done a great job with that. I think we need to get our return game going. We've got some, some talented players there. And... Uh, we need to get it in sync and, and start making some plays. In what areas has Brandon shown growth from uh, last year to this? And talk about some of the areas that you are working with him, technique-wise and others, in, in terms of moving him forward in his progression. Well, I think he has, has really embraced the technical aspect of what he's doing. And he's starting to learn what, what really matters. And I see him on a daily basis uh, have a have a real laser focus about what he's doing on the field and you know making the kick that he made last week at the end there to win the game the elephant in the room is you got to make kick but you know at some point 
we talk, we spend a lot of time talking about the process and making the process right. If you train the right way, then when the game's on the line, all you have to do is be yourself. I was so confident. And I looked at him on the sideline, and I, I felt very confident he was going to make that kick. And, and it's not just Brandon. I mean, the snap was outstanding. Yeah. The hole was outstanding. Our offensive lineman did a great job with the protection, and the whole thing came together. It was a great moment for this program, no doubt about it. Give us your perspective of that last four minutes and 55 seconds as that drive's unfolding from your perspective down well, there. Well, I think the biggest thing is that, that Herm did a great job in the clock management part of it, and we set it up perfectly where they got no opportunity to, to score after we scored. And mm-hmm. it was a walk-off kick, and, and the game was over. Indeed it was, and uh, Brandon did the job and nailed it. And how important for him developmentally to get that chance to kick a walk-off field goal. Zane well, Gonzalez had one in his career uh, back in 2014. You know, there, there's real confidence and there's false confidence. You know, guys can walk out on the field and act like they, they're pretty good, but when you know you are and you know that you're prepared, and then there's a, a, a sense of peace that, that really probably was between his ears, and, and, and I think you he, he heard that when he was talking. So, mm-hmm. how, would, how does he compare? What similarities or differences do you notice between Brandon and Zane Gonzalez? I mean, two terrific place kickers that we've had here for the last uh, however many years. From a physical standpoint, they have a lot of similarities in terms of their ability to kick the football. The thing that's impressed me with Brandon and the thing that I admired about Zane is that he was a calm character under pressure, and I see that with Brandon. Brandon is not affected by the potential outcome. He, he's more focused on the job at hand, and I think that's a great aspect for, for a guy that does that. Absolutely. Michael Sleep Dalton, I said on the air last uh, Saturday, I think he might be the most improved player on the entire team. And uh, you and I were talking before we went on the air. It's just amazing what health, good health can do for a young man in improving his performance. And Michael's a perfect uh, example of that. Michael has done a great job at improving. Last year he had a tough year. He dealt with some fatigue and injury and uh, battled through it. Didn't have the kind of year that he wanted to have. And from the offseason through spring training, through the summer training, and, and to this point in the season, he has continued to improve. And I think he's been uh, been a weapon for us. He sure has. Uh, what has made the Australian punters such a weapon in college football in recent years? Well, they're, they're big, strong athletes to begin with. And they have the ability to kick the football in unique ways and really the darren bennett was probably the first guy that made such an impact in the national football league with the chargers and and after that there's been a number of guys um that have come and and become instrumental in, in development of that part of the game in the nfl well the college teams have started to embrace the use of this style of kick and what happens mm-hmm. when you are, get to midfield and you punt that football a spiral has a tendency to either take off the foot and really fly through the air and be a touchback or hit the ground and forward roll for a touchback. And these end-under-end kicks have a tendency to hit softer. And it's kind of like a golf swing, hitting a pitching wedge on the green and spins right. back. And that, that has really been an advantage for teams to, to create poor field position for their opponents. So. Indeed. We were talking about that with Michael, and the fans notice, and I'm sure they do, that when he's trying to pin an opponent deep, he will hold the ball differently, point down as he approaches uh, approaches it with his foot. That kick style is, is the, the style that they use in the Australian rules game. And, uh, boy, it has been so effective for him. As I look at this week's game, Sean, it looks to me that uh, – the special teams and a particularly kick and punt coverage 
are going to be huge factors because San Diego State has just had uh, tremendous weapons in the kickoff return game the last few years, haven't they? They have. Penny was was an excellent player last year. We knew it going into the game, and he still got us. And now they're starting tailback Washington is their punt returner and kick returner. So our, yeah. our hands are full. Three touchdowns in his career for Jawan Washington, uh, returning kickoffs for uh, scores for uh, the uh, San Diego State Aztecs. And you talked about ratcheting up your return games. You have some potential athletes to do that, don't you? We do. We do. We've got we've got a number of guys here that have the ability to do it, and it's a matter of, of putting it all together. We've got some new players in certain positions, and, and I think it, the growth process through the year, you're going to see that be more and more productive for us. Who are some young men you think have the potential to be return specialists? Like Tim White was so good for you a couple well, of years ago. Tim was outstanding and had a lot of courage, and that's what it takes. But I think Brandon Ayuk, Isaiah Floyd, Ryan Newsom are guys that can really help us be good in that area. And Ryan did that at the University of Texas before coming to Arizona State. We've talked about the words humble and hungry. They've been used all week, and I think it's a great slogan not only for this team but for pretty much anybody to live by as you go about your daily life. Uh, Sean, what is your sense of the mentality of your team as you get ready for this game at San Diego State? I think we're a focused team. I think that they come to work and they work hard, and I think our play style has, has reflected that work ethic. And when you win, we're building confidence, and now the process has is legitimate to them and and they they're buying in and and look forward to playing playing the games in the future it's fun to watch this team play my buddy jeff van raphorst has a saying i couldn't agree with him more if you could figure out a way to bottle confidence you could like make a million dollars uh it's amazing what a little bit of confidence can do for an athlete isn't it it is but I, i i firmly believe that confidence is earned and you do that with hard work and and these guys have done that now, we've talked with Sean before about his NFL experiences. Uh, he spent a lot of years on the staff of the Green Bay Packers. And I'm wondering, Sean, if you got a chance to see uh, Aaron Rodgers' latest masterpiece the other night against uh, the Chicago Bears in the opening weekend of the NFL season. He goes down with an injury late second quarter, and all the commentators at halftime are worried that he's out for the year. And then he comes back in the second half and leads a dramatic comeback from a 20-point deficit. Uh, you, you, this is getting to be old hat, isn't it? Well, we're you know we have the opportunity at this point in time to be watching one of the great players in the National Football League and the history of the league, and I'm not surprised at all. I was I actually turned that game on right and watched the last drive. I missed the, the previous drives mm-hmm. when he came back, and and I I just kind of chuckled. I told told my wife Michelle that I said we're watching history right here. This is amazing. It sure was, and you know if if Tom Brady isn't the best quarterback of this era, I think Aaron Rodgers is. Of course, we saw him when he was a Cal Golden Bear back in, I think, 2002, 3, and 4, working so closely with him. Sean, what is your insight into what makes that guy tick and what makes him so great? I think that, that he is, number one, he's a humble person, and he goes to work every day. That guy worked. There's no one that outworked that guy in, 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 in my time there. And so he's earned what he is. He's a very talented person, but at the same time, he's got a demeanor about him that embraces teammates, and he's demanding, but yet he is approachable and uh, awesome player. Indeed. He's one of the all-time greats, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Sean, always great to have you on the show. Continued success to you and your special teams. They've done a great job so far, and let's keep this thing going, shall Thank we? You. Thank you, Tim. Sean Slocum, Sun Devil Special Teams Coordinator, our guest on this segment of All Aboard with Coach Herm. 
For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Edwards will rejoin me, and we preview the San Diego State game on Saturday. That's coming up in a moment as All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, rolls on from the Lodge in Tempe. You're listening to the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Hey, folks, visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe every Thursday night during the ASU football season for All Aboard with Coach Herm and stay afterward for great food and a nice cold beverage. And how about a round of applause for our hosts here at the Lodge? This, I think, is the best venue for a football coaches radio show that we have had. This is absolutely awesome. As we welcome you back to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Tim Healy. Glad you joined us this evening. Coach Herm Edwards is back with us as we take a look to Saturday's opponent, the Aztecs of San Diego State, coached by Rocky Long now in his eighth season on Montezuma Mesa, as they call the SDSU campus. And, uh, Herm, that's where, where you finished your college career many years ago, huh? Yes, it I won't, is. I won't say how many, but no. uh, <laughs> as you said, boy, there's been a lot of good football players come out of that yeah, school. Well, it really there? has, and it's historically um, a lot of skilled players have, have gone on and played in the National Football League. Um, kind of ironic, when I entered the league uh, as a rookie, Back in 1977, there was 13 corners in the league from San Diego State. Wow. Just 13 that's, corners. That's mind-boggling. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's just so so many players have come out of there and really gone on to the next level. But think about it. Don Coriol was there. They had a lot of great coaches there. Coach Madden was there. And how about a member of your current staff, Al Luganville, former head coach at San Diego State? Al was there. Um, so there was a lot of great coaches that, that came out of there. John Fox was my teammate, at, obviously from Carolina Panthers, and uh, now he's on ESPN. So mm-hmm. uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of really good coaches that uh, came through San Diego State. And you know what? A lot of good running backs have come out of there. Look, just think in the last three years alone, they've had Donnell Pumphrey, 2,000-yard rusher, Rashad Penny, 2,000-yard rusher, and I'll tell you what, I, I watched the Stanford tape last night. Jawan Washington, yes. he lit up Stanford for something like 158 rushing yards. That kid is not big, but, boy, is he quick. Can he hit a hole in he a hurry? He can hurt? hit a hole, and, and they're very precise of what they want to run. They're going to run the power. They're going to double-team you down, and they're going to pull somebody around, whether it's a, the off-offensive lineman or they'll bring a tight end over there. They, they play inside the tackles. That's what they do. They play smash-mouth football. Um, they have some play-action things they do uh, that come off that, but um, they're a tough football team. The big news out of San Diego this week, their quarterback, Christian Chapman, who quarterbacked them to their win at Arizona State last year, 24-7 and is his career record. That is the best by any quarterback in San Diego State history. But he suffered a, a left MCL sprain last week in their win over Sacramento State. He's out for a few weeks, and their starting quarterback this week will be a young man named Ryan Agnew. On the one side, Coach, it's his first career start. On the other side, he's been in the program for four years. He has, and he's very athletic. He, he can leave the pocket. We anticipate him getting outside on the edge a little bit and throwing the football. Um, you have to contain him because he has good running skills, um, has a pretty good eye uh, for open receivers when he when he leaves the pocket. He doesn't leave just to run. He, he leaves to extend the play. And they've got some big receivers, some big tall receivers. The tight end is really massive. He's about 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get him the ball in certain situations. So um, they're, they're a good football team, as you said. Um, 
32-9 the last three years. I was impressed with how they defended Stanford. You know, the Stanford game was a weird game. They lose 31-10, and yet San Diego State dominated in running the ball and in stopping the run. They held Bryce Love in check. I don't think he averaged two yards a carry in that game. No, you're right. And what they were able to do, Stanford, um, they hit some, some passes down the field on them. Uh, they got a big wide receiver there, and he caught a couple big-time passes that were contested by the defensive backs, but that kind of got them rolling, and then uh, Stanford went on to win. Coach, do you see that same potential for your team, considering you've got guys named Manny Wilkins, Nikhil Harry, Kyle Williams on your squad uh, come Saturday night? Well, you're hoping they're going to connect some. The one thing we do is uh, we throw the ball down the field. Uh, we, we've thrown it more than than anyone in our conference thus far. Yeah. So it reminds me of the old Raider days uh, <laughs> when Daryl LaMonica was with the Raiders and oh, Warren man. Wells, the mad bomber they used to call him. And about every five plays it was a vertical pass. So we're doing the same thing. We're, th- we're, we're threatening pe- people down the field. And, you know, it's like anything else. If you hit one or two of those, those are big plays. Our engineer, Sean Crespin's heart just skipped the beat. He's a diehard Raiders oh, fan. Yeah. So any mention the of, Raiders. Of, of the, yeah, the, Raiders. Of the, the heyday of the Raiders. Now, Coach, uh, you have uh, two terrific uh, assistants on your staff, coordinator Danny Gonzalez, cornerbacks coach Tony White, who, of course, spent a lot of time uh, on Rocky Longstaff at San Diego State. I know Coach Long feels that's a huge advantage for ASU going into this game. Do you feel it the same way? Well, it can be, but but it's an emotional thing, too, for both of them. And I know that uh, dealing with uh, my time uh, with Tony Dungy, who's you know, like my brother, we came out of college at the same time together and, and coached together for a while in, in Kansas City with Bill Cower and Bruce Arians that was here. We all were on that staff with, with Marty. Wow. And then from there, um, I joined Tony as assistant head coach in, in Tampa. Uh, he made me the assistant head coach and taught me how to be a head coach. And I can remember my first game against Tony when he was with the Colts. It was the hardest week I've ever could imagine as a head coach, you know, playing against my buddy. And so Danny and, and Tony probably feel the same way. They've been with Coach Rocky Long for a long time, and he's taught him a lot. And so it'll be an emotional game for those guys. I talked to Tony White this week, and he's a little bit anxious about the idea of going back to the visitors. Uh, Locker room. In, in the visitors' entrance yeah. uh, heading into this game. What, yeah. what great additions, though, they're to, to, they are to your they staff? They have been fantastic. Um, and the whole defensive staff. And as I said when I took this job, um, I'm very fortunate. This is one of the best staffs I've ever been around of men. Yeah. of good men that they have the intentions of these young men in mind first and that's what you want you know you really you want to do both you, know, you want to make them great football players but if they leave your football team and they go out in the real world if, if you haven't made them better men then we failed them absolutely great great and they're great coaches as well as we're seeing in this uh, 2-0 start and as we wind down our show tonight we want to uh, give a shout out to a very special friend and uh, sun devil fan amy rittenberg not able to be here tonight though she normally is but she is out of town and i have intel she's listening on tune in bless your heart amy travel safe and we'll see you this weekend our sun devil radio network coverage of saturday's asu san diego state game will start at 5 30 on espn radio 6 20 a.m with the sun devil tailgate show hosted by jeff munn and jordan simone money and i will take you through the countdown to kickoff show at 6 30 and then jeff van rapport and jordan simone join me for the play-by-play at 7 33 thanks to our host at the lodge sasquatch kitchen our engineer producer sean crespin studio coordinator cody fincher and asu senior associate athletic director for football tim cassidy thanking them all 
for their help tonight. Herm, great to talk with you. Always good luck this weekend. Thank you, my friend. And we will see you next Thursday night, September 20th, when we preview the Devils' Pac-12 opener at Washington. Till then, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. Presented by MidFirst Bank.